Welcome to the Friendly Aussie Podcast. Yeah, hello everybody. We're here with uh, Will. Willie from Release World, Bowling on a Budget. Release World! How you going, man? Good. Hi, my, my name's Will. That is your name. And I'm an alcoholic. Are you? And my last drink was like, I think about two minutes ago, right? I've still really? got some if I see correctly. Hi, Will. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> well, you're not a recovering alcoholic, are you? You're just no, 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 no. I wasn't, I'm not quite an alcoholic, but I do enjoy a quite a droplet of the ale occasionally. Oh, yeah? What about a droplet of the green? Yeah, well, we just had some of that fucking THC oil that oh, I gave you guys. Yeah, it's fucking yeah, good. That's, a, that's a from, I'm pretty sure it's from a white rhino, rhino strain. I don't know. I have to ask my guy. But um, I'm definitely getting into the oils. Yeah, oils are definitely the way of the future with cannabis when you really think about it. Like, flour is going to be for the people who are fancy fucks. The connoisseurs are going to want flour. Everyone else in population, I think, is going to be on oil. Once it's legalized. Well, it's more. Yeah, on, if, you want, if you want, if your grandmother's gonna take it, yeah, she's not she, wa- she don't want to smoke a bong. She wants it. to fucking just do a droplet under the tongue and feel like a fucking million bucks, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I want to give some to my grandmother. She fucking, she's so insane. I reckon it'll be, it'll just be a- epic for her. You're I gave some. Oh, I gave some of the indica oil to my fucking crazy, crazy fucking Russian high-end escort friend of mine right and oh, she's yeah. pretty hot and she's fucking insane she's lovely but she's fucking insane like high maintenance like ah, like full-on fucking <laughs> anyway she was having a fight with this fucking photographer that i know anyways i gave her some of the oil and she's like oh i feel amazing <coughs> so like within half an hour she was like on the bed smiling like fucking no neuro all the neurotic behavior had stopped she was mm. she wasn't anxious she, she wasn't was just fucking missing some thc huh Oh, dude, it's amazing. That's all she needed. It's amazing. Have you heard of the doctor in, um, I don't know if he's Norwegian or American, and he talks about how cannabinoids are naturally absorbed in the body, obviously, yeah, yeah. breast yeah. milk and yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. And he reckons that, like, Asperger's and, like, um, Alzheimer's and all these other diseases are because of lack of cannabinoids in the system, like, similar to Mitch. how, like... This, oh, yeah, let me put it this way. Like, I've been diagnosed with, like... What autism, what people call high-functioning autism since, like, I don't know, two or some shit. And the weird thing for me is that, like, I had a maturation phase, like, after age 17 when I really picked up cannabis and began to, like, explore aspects of, I don't know, my, like, my own self-awareness that I haven't explored before. Yeah. So just felt like it, it was part of my own growth and development. Like, it was pretty important to open up certain pathways and shit, you know? Yeah, well, smoking bongs is definitely a rite of passage, isn't it? <laughs> I've met uh, all the places I've lived in the world, like Japan and France and Switzerland and Canada and blah, blah, blah. I've always met all my real homies um, through either trying to get weed, <laughs> selling weed or smoking weed. Yeah. Oi. All through women, but most of the time it's through through weed. Yeah. So it's the I, I kind of have... The same, like most of my good, good friends, they're all probably pot smokers. There's very few that are not, like... It's just a fucking... Very few. There's a bot, like, you're, if you're a fucking... If you're a weed head and you fucking getting paid to ski and you just, like, go to a place and it's shit snow and then you just fucking can't ride. When we were in New Zealand, we used to have this fucking... This... Sorry, i got to turn off my fucking phone. I'm a spastic. My apologies. When I was in... um When I was a little bit younger when I was living in Wanaka and we bought this fucking car off my friend and it was a little Mazda de Familia and it did like after 105 it'd beep like beep beep and anyways, uh, yeah. we, we put like a dragon sticker on the front and we had one tape and it was a fucking one side was Tupac and then the other one was um was Bob Marley right <laughs> anyway so no one else in town could get pot and I met this dude and blah, blah, blah. And I was getting this fucking fire from Mochueku, which is like north of the of the South Island near Nelson. Right, yep. And I used to go up there and get pounds and shit like that. It's the best growing place in New Zealand from mm. what I've been told. And it's, they've got some pretty fucking amazing weed, actually. New Zealand and, um, all has good weed. So anyway, so we drive around in this fucking car, this red car, I know, this blue fucking car. And they're all the big, all the hitchhikers going up to either Kadrona on one, on the other side is Treble Cone, right? Because there's like a fork in the road and the, each ski resort's in a different place. Mm. And in New Zealand, you have to drive up to the mountain, right? Yeah, yeah. So all, no, none of these backpackers or these snowboarders or whatever have good pot. And there was like stories going around the hitchhikers we'd been told about, about who we are, right? Because I'm with this Jap, Japanese dude with dreadlocks down to his ass and then this American dude who looks like Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh-huh. 
like with long blonde hair and just like looks fucked and I'm then there's me like and anyway so we'd pick people up and we'd like hand them a bong and like we'd have like an ounce of fucking cron that like smells like cow like and people would just trip the fuck out and be like what the fuck and my Japanese friend would be driving sometimes and he's the worst fucking driver he gets so stoned and he could not fucking see and he just he almost killed us so many fucking times yeah damn and um, he was in the driver's seat Oh, fuck that shit, man. <laughs> fuck. I didn't have my license at the time, and my friend is just so lazy that he just didn't want to fucking drive. He's a good driver. That's my, yeah. that's my friend Corey that I'm doing, that I've started this weed dispensary with. And um, yeah, funny times. Weed just fucking definitely led me to all the right places. Hmm. 100% fucking percent. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting hearing because everyone has like a unique. Experience well, you guys all grew up with Australian stoner culture. Like, well, you guys, it's the, Australian. the Australian culture was for me the iconic ice break in the garage of your mate's place, right? The, yeah. the bong or the classic bucket bong. How like, old were you when you first started smoking? Pot? Actually, I was almost 19. I was almost 19. The it took fuck me a while. Can't. I would have been, I was anti weed. Like, I would have been like 17. And for a while, I was anti-drugs for a while, yeah. Like, it got to a point where my friends were doing it, and I was like, okay, Fuck cannabis man. can't be so bad. These people aren't necessarily, like... Fuck, when I was, like, first time I smoked weed, it was, like, when I was, like, 14, maybe 13. I think I was 13. I was in year seven. And my, I had this, this mate of mine named, nicknamed Donkey, and he lived at Manly on Ferry Bower with his, like, his, like kind of playboy dad who was a real estate agent he used to let us smoke weed and fuck girls and shit like well not f- finger bang girls and shit when we were like this is before I was getting my dick wet sorry to be so crass but um, anyways and I smoked weed for out of like a little pipe a little metal pipe and um, and then I think oh fuck what else did I I think my friend gave me some like a little bit of speed that I'd now remember like what the fuck anyways we went surfing it was like four or five foot Maybe not that big, maybe three or four foot at the bower. And it felt so big, but I fucking had like a fucking one of the best surfs I'd ever had up until then. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't smoke for about probably a couple, a year or so. And then I moved to, I lived in, um, I lived in fucking Colorado for a season in Telluride. And then I didn't smoke weed then. And then we moved to Canada and I went to summer camp in Whistler and I met these dudes from fucking Park City. They're like little mm. rich kids from, that go to school with all these Mormons, right? And yeah. Park City is like this hell rich ski town. I actually ended up getting arrested there for weed, ironically. <laughs> Only time I've ever been arrested. This was years later. Right. Um, and anyway, so I had this, this homie of mine named Stefan Thomas who ended up becoming a really famous pro skier. And he, when I met him, I met him at the fucking... At the, I met him at the fucking at the pickup for the summer camp at Vancouver Airport, and this little uh. this little dude with tiny little dreadlocks comes over to me, and he's like, "Hey, you want to see my rollerblade video?" And I'm like, "Okay." It's like when rollerblading was like still just like coming out. It's like <laughs> 2001 or two, right? Right. Yeah. And yeah. um, and so now I've become friends with him, and he's got these little ratty dreadlocks, and he we we fucking went and bought an eight on the block in Whistler. I'm fucking just what I'm just following these kids, right? And these are just little rich, little fucking skier kids from this town, and that's where they have the um, the Sundance Film Festival, right? Yeah, Aspen. Yeah. No, no, Aspen. No, no it's um, fucking Park City. Park City. It's Utah. Aspen's Colorado. Uh, um, yep. And so we get a we get an eighth, and anyways, we it's a fucking down day, and we go to the the High North. There's another summer camp that was like a bit more. It was just free skiing. Whereas the one I was at was moguls and free skiing, and this is kind of the beginning of when freestyle like changed over moguls is a bit more like kind of um regimented and like it's more about being an athlete kind of thing mm. and so i'm sitting in this in this room and we smoke out of the apple bong and we smoked like probably like half of the eighth or you know like we'd fucking was like one of the second or third times i'd ever smoked weed and as i get fucked up with stefan and he was so stony looked like a weasel and he had these tiny little dreadlocks Anyways, and then he fucking, we'd been smoking out of this apple and then he ate the whole apple just to be a fucking, like, just cooked out of his brain with his tiny little dreadlocks and tiny wow. little eyes. Just, and he ate the apple and he got so fucking stoned that he couldn't talk for like about half an hour. And uh, <laughs> it was just such a fun fucking, like, and I was with all these guys from all these cool places and they're like, they were better, like a little bit better than me. Like they were fucking, like, 
Stefan was fucking sick and he had so much style and it was like it was such a new sport back then that mm. like you didn't meet many good there was like snowboarders had good style but a lot of skiers were like doing rollerblade gay shit and <laughs> there was only a few dudes that hell like fuck Stefan was the fucking G so for him to introduce me to smoking weed I'm pretty honoured yeah he's well, now like a world class mount, a rock climber he's a fuck. he's a real talent it's a bit of an origin story yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Is that, that like, like your great influence that made you who you are? No, no, not at all. It was just how I got introduced to smoking pot. Yeah, yeah. That's just the beginning of it. It was like with these G little fucking... Oh, they used to have this competition. All the, I still remember all this shit because it was fucking so hilarious to me. So they went to the school in Park City, right? And they used to have a competition and like they would convert the Mormons to like drink and smoke weed and like the and or, or people right and that, that was a competition and then at the end of the year whoever got the there was like one point for con, you know getting a girl smoke another point for like one of your friends and then yeah. like it was a hundred points if you got a mormon just and like got him like <laughs> basically like spilled the bread and blood of christ right and anyways at the end of the year they'd have they they'd all throw down and the guy would get an ounce as the prize yeah wow it's, cool just fucking you know and i didn't know anything about stoner culture like that it's like whoa these guys are telling me these stories i'm like Wow, that's like fucking pretty interesting. Because I had friends here that like used to smoke out of the orchy bottles and shit. And I, yeah. mm. you know, my dad used to have a lot of grow mates, but like my parents were like kind of anti drug, but like I'm pretty sure a lot of them, their friends were pretty big pirates that I just, they were real good at like keeping it away from me. Yeah, and like yeah. it wasn't anti cannabis, but it was like, well, dad, that's bad. You go to jail. Like going to jail was the association with it. It wasn't so much that it was like bad, bad for me as it's gonna um it's gonna fucking like affect me negatively you know yeah. my mom didn't like me smoking bongs when i was a kid but my parents pretty much let me smoke weed like when i was yeah. 16 15 16 but not a lot like they'd get mad about it and shit but then i remember being like probably when i was like 17 no maybe i was like just after i was 16 i think and i was at a party with my mom at this big hippie party in, in the valley that i live in down on the on New South Wales on the um, Queensland border, mm. and um, I'm at a fucking party and I'm a little bit drunk. I think I was just uh, before I turned 17, and my mom, there's someone passing around to join me at the fire, and she goes, "Here, Mary." And my mom's like, "No, nah, I won't have any of that." But my son will, and she handed me the doobie, mm. and then I was kind of like, "All right, Mom's I'm a allowed to do this now." You know what I mean? I'm like, mm. "That's permission." Well, not permission, Tacit. but just like, I was going to do it anyways. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's just like she's accepted it. It's like, yep. he's not doing, you know, hard drugs. So really like... So for our know. listeners, because I don't think we filled it in at the start. <coughs> Will here is a ex-professional skier. Um, and I'm now wondering, like, how did that start? Like, I feel like that's a weird thing for uh, an Australian kid to have the privilege of doing. When I was like, um, when I was 10, my parents made Mexican food, kind of mm. popular in Australia. They won Best Mexican in Australia a few times. They've had famous restaurants in Sydney. When I was growing up in, um, in Mona Vale in the Northern Beaches, and when I was like eight, nine, when I just turned nine, my grandmother died, and my grandmother had this... Um, she had a heart murmur and she had to take these pills that slowed down her heart rate, right? Ah. And yeah. she was meant to break the pill in half and just no bullshit happened. Huh. And anyway, so the, the pill, she took the whole one and it slowed down her heart rate so much that she died. Whoa. And then a day and a half, or just over like 18 hours later, yeah. the, when they went to the, when the coroner and the cops have to go to the body, they pulled a wedding ring and she sat back up and came back to life and then she died again, right? No way. And at the time, my dad was going to do... He was starting to do salsa for Weight Watchers. He was starting to do... Uh, he had this... Um, he was going to start, like, the equivalent of, like, old El Paso mm. with... Um, do you remember CC's? I do. The, yep. So that same company, right? And so he was lining it up to... Because my parents' restaurant was fucking pretty bumping kelly slater used to come all the time and fucking all the celeb it was called it's called tex-mex my parents have one oh, now right. in mudra bar and well now you probably yeah it's in sydney but you probably heard of mad max that's not the same yeah, that's okay. dog shit i'll shit. take you sometime um but anyway so so when i was um so she ended up dying and then a current affair in 60 minutes wanted 
were like trying to get interviews with my parents. My dad had this fucking massive fucking breakdown because he was so tight with his mum, right? And I just remember him waking up when I was like not. And I, my dad's like a Viking overlord, like. He's gnarly. He don't, you don't, he don't cry. No, like he's not a wussy. He cries if he hits a dead animal or, you know, kills an animal or something, but he's, he's a pretty tough mother man, right? Mm. And he was just hysterically crying. It was mm. really heck, kind of one of the only hectic, like super hectic uh, childhood experiences I really had. Yeah. I had a pretty good upbringing. Right. Pretty privileged. But then, um, so uh, current affair and shit like that were after him to like get an interview and blah 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 and all this shit happened because they they could have sued the hospital for for malpractice because it's um you know her heart rate went so low and it was on the cover of the like anyways it was fucking my dad had a fucking midlife crisis Mm. and went fuck this shit left these two restaurants with this thai dude that ended up ripping him off for like a few hundred grand after he'd bought his wife out helped him buy a house all this shit my dad's a pretty nice dude Mm. and then we moved to switzerland for six months and my dad worked in a ski shop Okay. And um, I didn't go to school for like a whole term Damn. until like April. And um, you're up in the ski slope. Yeah, that was in a place called Verbier in Switzerland. Oh. And so pretty much from there, I did that, and then started skiing. Like probably went, we went on a few trips. Like we did one season there. My parents tried to open a Mexican restaurant there, but it was too hard because they had two in Sydney. And so they like worked their way there. And then um, we did a few seasons, like a few like fucking trips to America and Canada and shit but only for like two or three weeks, like during the Christmas holidays kind of thing. This is when I was like eight, probably like 11 and 12. And then when I was 13 or 12, 12 turning 13, I convinced my parents to let me join the freestyle team in Perisher. Wow. And then I skied moguls and my parents used to, we used to live in this fucking ghetto fucking trailer park at the back of Jindabyne at the, behind the station. My no parents way. bought this ghetto fucking caravan that i lived in for years <laughs> and um but whatever it was cool it was hot like it was warm and like i don't give a fuck yeah but like my other friends i like, had like you know one of my one of the dudes i skied with had a chef that like went traveled with the family and like they got to stay on like the ski and ski out i'm i'm living in the in the fucking and, the and it was cool because my parents are fucking awesome because they drove us down so yeah. much and they yeah. take us to fucking my dad loves skiing my dad's a pretty good skier it sounds supportive um, yeah, yeah, well, fuck, it was like, yeah, yeah, my dad's fucking too supportive, probably. Um, <laughs> to the point of, like, um, fucking insanity, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, we moved, we all moved to Canada. We moved to this place called Fernie. And Fernie's this fucking tiny little redneck town in the middle of fucking backward, fuck, redneck, fucking British Columbia. And we moved there when I was 14, I think. And we lived there for two seasons and my parents bought this fucking mega fucking baller crib on the mountain. It was like fucking eight bedrooms, had heated floors, like amazing. And my parents don't spend money on lavish shit, mm. but they got it for like pretty good money, right? And it was right, just right on the hill. And we only ended up staying there for a month because in the two set, we, my dad also bought a little shitty fucking, um, little fucking... Uh, another caravan like an actual fucking trailer park so I actually lived in a trailer park in Canada for two yeah. fucking years like the trailer was on Kakato Road in Fernie so if anyone's ever been to Fernie they know that ghetto trailer park that's where I used to live you've been there and, um, and then we lived there for a while and then after that I just got into skiing and started getting better and started getting sponsored and shit and I did the heli challenge and and then just yeah just fucking kept doing season after season and just you know i got all right at it i was reasonable i competed a bunch and did a bunch of film shoots and shot photos and hmm. fucking rad traveling around the world yeah experience and lifetime. selling a lot of weed and fucking a lot of girls and partying in crazy places and i also had to have you know i didn't make a lot of money so i always had a shitty job and i'd be selling weed and that's how i made money but i was never a good fucking weed dealer because I smoked too much pot and, yeah. I'd, ju- and I'd, I'd fucking buy a pound and I'd fucking smoke like four or five ounce, four ounces out of it. I'll do and it. And then I'd sell it and then I'd only have, I'd be like 150 or 100, <laughs> 200 bucks short from the, just to get another one. I'd have to get into my other cash to fucking re-up and then, yeah. and then I'd always, so I was never the good, I was never the good fucking, the good drug dealer fucking, I have homies that, you know, did it on a lot. We're a lot better than me, but it, yeah. Rule but one: it, don't get high on your but own it, supply. But I reckon it makes. I think if I if I spend three hundred fifty bucks on an ounce of weed, it's going to get me further than um, than the fucking than the than money because like mm. 
especially when I used to live in Whistler, I used to hook the mother... I skied for a whole season. No bullshit, without a fucking ski pass, because I'd poach and I'd fucking skin up to this one spot. And, and there was another spot in Creekside that I used to go to all the time. And I'd give a fucking nug to the Aussie lifty and he was like... He, he knew how I was and he'd like seen me before and like... And he'd like... I'd give him a nug and he'd let the whole fucking five people get on for free, you know. Save thousands wow. of dollars through... I had another homie, Charlie Yeager, who became a super big famous skier and he used to live in his truck in Whistler. Look up um, Ski Bums of Whistler and it'll make you fucking... It's pretty fucking hilarious. And um, and anyways, he... Um, I used to trade him fucking nugger weed for a pizza from Boston Pizza and like... Basically a currency. Well, you need, come on, man. It's, if you've got good pot or you've got hot chicks, people want to know who you are. And if you, and, they, and then they, they open their doors to the local culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. Moi, je parle très bien français. Je grandis en France, mec. C'est ma deuxième langue. J'adore ça. I speak fluent French since I was 14. I lived in France for... I skipped that, actually. I lived in France for two for a year and a half. That's interesting. Um, when I was 13 and 14. So Plot my, twist. I lived in France when I was 10 for three months. Really? Did you, you parle français at all? Nah. Yeah. The only thing I ever learned was, like, the phrase didgeridouche, and I'm pretty sure it means like shower curtain. Yeah. <laughs> so I fucking hear a cook time. Where'd you go in France? Um, I was actually pretty close to like central Paris. Yeah. And I traveled. Paris is a bit to, of a shithole, but it's, it is. It's so, like, mm, I was shocked as a child. But if you understand Paris, it's a pretty cool little city. Yeah, I was 10. Um, yeah. Which was fun. But I did go to the water where there was a lot of windsurfing. Um, in like the country kind of area. I'm not sure where that was. I think it was like south of France, like the southern area. Um, and I stayed on a farm property there for about maybe three, four weeks. That was, yeah. My dad um, took me there to meet an internet girlfriend. <laughs> That's <a> <laughs> <laughs> Fucking MySpace cunt. Yes. Well, weed in MySpace have no, no, led no, no. me around the fucking world, cunt. But do you know what he? How he got? How Is they this got MSN, bitch? MSN. Fuck yeah. What was fucking your, space. What was your fucking email address? Oh mate, I had Come Goku on. boy. Oh fuck, Goku that's so boy. bad. Can't, you're like, you're next, you were a next level nerd burglar, eh? Back yeah. in the oh, he certainly was. He he used to like literally run the Wow economy. You know what I mean? He was oh, one of bro, those folks. Like, I'll tell you. Why the didn't you become problem. a professional gamer? Yeah, good point. Nah, I was never good that good at games. Point, I was though. never that good at games. I was good at you market economics. A streamer. Nah, streaming yeah. wouldn't be for me. Nah, come on. Nah, man. no way. You could do all of like the market analysis of the TF2 no, hat. No, I no, used no, to no. just fucking I've play. Got a, I've got house. a show we can do that I've been thinking about for ages. It's called the Stone Gamer. Oh yeah. And you do nice. like different. You do like fucking. I'm gonna do five dabs right now, and then I'm gonna play <laughs> fucking world of like I'm gonna play fucking yeah. God of War on fucking <laughs> expert hard mode. Like yeah. good luck, like. Yeah. You know, that's like the button is smashiest. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that game. That's my work. fucking shit. What, yeah. like the remake? No, 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 no. Fuck that shit. Initial. The fucking originals on fucking PS2. Mate, look, those PS3. are good, but the remake's actually pretty They're good. They're fucking hard as fuck, dude. You Especially should play the remake. It's exactly the same game. It's just better pick graphics. Isn't that the one with the sun? Isn't that the new one? Yeah. I, mean, I haven't played that yet. Yeah. It, look, honestly, have, it, it stands I've up. I've got man. an Xbox. I've got a 360 because I just play Skate. And I, I hear that. I yeah. have another... Um, I think I have a... Yeah, I don't know. I don't play video games very often anymore. Neither. So yeah, you've kind, of kind of gone off it. I've, I mean, I've, I, I haven't like played games really really for like two or three years, I would say. Mm. Um, but you and uh, the housemate Sam, fucking on the DVD. Yeah. Occasionally we'll play like a MOBA or something like that. Yeah. We kind of like just fuck around because <laughs> it's the thing to do. Yeah, whatever. I mean, like, sometimes uh, I, I didn't play games for, like, five years. I had a period in my life where I just didn't play video games. So it's a bit like that. It comes and goes. When I, was, when I was 11, my parents got rid of our TVs and our microwaves. Uh, fuck. Yeah. That would have been hard. Nah, microwaves. How would you do shit? Like, fucking cook on a stove. Yeah, yeah nah, fair, fair. <laughs> Tastes way better out of from a nah, stove. It anyway, certainly it does. The fucking well, like reheating shit. How do you no, do no, that? No, no, no. Just even using a microwave is just not. It's just not a good way to cook. It's I hear you. It kills the kills not, taste. Not particularly a good way to cook. But like, let's say you want to zap something. I grew something. up in fucking hospitality. Like I've. You know, I normally, my whole life, I've had a fucking kitchen tirade full of the best fucking food you could ever Yeah, imagine. that's mm. pretty cool. Like, we used to get fucking, we used to get, we used to go surf, and I used to be a little booger scum kid when I was bodyboarder when I was, like, 
fucking like probably 11, 12, you know, like we, and, um, and my friend, we used to fucking, we'd, we'd go fucking get surf our asses off and then come back and be so fucking cooked and get so high on fucking used to be able to press down either like post mix machines mm. and you'd be able to press down half on the sea and the, the, the liquid would come out. So we'd make like hell strong over over syruped coke <laughs> wow. and eat fucking enchiladas and my friend was this he was like had a six pack since we were like 10 still has one now and um he he would he would just eat so many and he we had a con he we, we i dared him and he got through nine enchiladas once what <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> a fucking michael McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and he got. No, it's funny how people are super smart. They they do. My friend loves Stupid food shit. so much, right? And he's got a fucking six pack. He's jacked as fuck, right? And because he just surfs all the time, and he's just naturally fucking got the super super genes. Maybe he does that so he can and, eat nine. He got ninety nine. He got ninety eight or ninety nine in his HSE, right? Yeah. Did went to film school. Didn't like it because huh. he used to make movies and shit, like surf movies and stuff. Yeah. And um, then he went and got his um. Started an electrical engineer apprenticeship. Did it for like two years. This is shit. Went back to being a chef. Now he works on super yachts. It's just, he's like so smart, but he's just like, fuck, I love food. <laughs> and like surfing and just like that. Some people, yeah, yeah. you know. Simple lives. Yeah, because like that's really important shit. It's really important shit when well, it's something gotta, that you love. You've got to have something that fucking stokes you out. Or what's exactly. the fucking point, bro? Yeah, that's it. Um, Why would you follow something? Do we have a dizzle that I can smoke from? We don't have one in here. We'll get the vape on. Alright. But uh, you had some projects coming up. You should let us uh, let uh, the FAP audience know. Release it onto us. Oh, well, okay. So in the pro at the moment, we've opened a. To give you the background, right? So um, my friend Corey Zyler and I used to be a good skiing friend of mine at a point in time. He was probably the. Like, best up and coming kid in the world for Big Mountain. He's a pretty talented little little fucker, way better skier than I'll ever be. Um, but he was always the little pothead American cocky little fucker. And one of the first times I met Corey, I was, um, we were at the Verbier ride slope style and I wasn't competing, but I'd done the Big Mountain comp the night before and they interviewed me. And then Corey was getting interviewed after the competition live on Eurosport and I'm in the background smoking a big joint and fucking blowing big O's in the background. And the cameraman like holds his, then he starts laughing. And anyways, I'll just, and that's how I met Corey, right? It was through smoking pot. And so him and I, um, and our other friend, Justin, who's my business partner, who I used to also used to ski with. Um, he's a geophysicist, my friend, Justin, he lives in fucking, he lives in um, Montana. I went and stayed with him a couple of times. Sick. He's a, uh, I just said he's a geophysicist. Anyways, he did. So um, him and myself and Corey and Corey's now ex-partner, who we're going to probably have to buy out, um, is, uh, you know, because that, that's what happens when you when you start a weed dispensary. It's fucking been a process, man. Uh, anyway, sure. so we, you know, we're killing it now. It's, um, it's near, located near Yosemite National Park and a place called Lee Vining. It's called uh, Tioga Green. Um, mm. Full recreational dispensary. Um, we were having a lot of trouble with the county. We couldn't, weren't allowed to sign and all this blah, blah, blah. But now COVID's come and all this bullshit has happened. And then now we've finally got a sign through. Um, normally, normally about... About six million people come past that national park. It's the second biggest tourist attraction in California. Huge. Bigger than bigger than Disneyland. Yeah. I think the Golden Gate Bridge is number one. Yeah, it's internationally known. Right? Yeah, it's the rock climbing capital of the world. Right. Anyway, so we opened the dispensary there. We're finally kicking goals. We're finally making money. But even though normally we would have made a lot more money because they're only allowing like a certain amount of people in the park. It's like a third of what would normally go through and you have yeah, to get it. Right. It's kind of like skiing here at the moment. You have to like go online and buy it. They only give out 300, you know, certain amount of tickets and yada, yada. Got to go into a lottery and all this bullshit. Mm. There's still a lot of tourists around. So anyways, we're starting after, and we're now, now that we've finally got that, it's been like, we've opened it. We opened it. We were trying to open last June. Then we had some problems with some zoning shit and some bullshit. And then... We finally opened in just at the end of September, like early October last year. 
So now, next thing we're doing is, um, I showed you the, the graphics for the, we're launching another cannabis brand that's gonna do flower, we're, um, teaming up with some, some friends and um, that have a, a pretty sick farm set up and, um, and we've got a distribution license, so we're gonna start doing half ounces and ounces and pre-rolls and into selling our own dispensaries and then start selling them in other places. And then I'm also about to launch Byron Bay CBD, which is a project I've had for about a year that I've been meaning to launch. But because of the TGA laws and just all the bullshit and like, I thought I wanted to get, I wanted to get that run on the board, but I decided that I think it was, was better f strategically to start a flower company first mm. because the legalization is gonna take a long time in Australia. It's better to set myself up in California in a more of a strong position than just having CBD, which is already very oversaturated in California, as opposed to here where there's a bunch of, you know, do luck fucking hippie and fucking backyard, you know, doing just taking isolate and mixing yeah. it with oil and selling it illegally. True. And right, like, yeah, they, they are probably getting away with it and they're just getting cease and desist orders and stuff like that. But at the same time, you're selling it and you get, you're making cash, but you're not paying tax on it. And then also, you aren't building a brand. You yeah. kind of are, but I, I don't know. I'm, 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 in, I'm up with two eyes of it because um, I wanted to launch a CBD company like earlier in the year. And I think that I could make a lot of money out of the, the illegal side of that market. But it's like, you're not, you, it just, if you do get in trouble for it, then I can't go to California. And I've already been arrested in Utah before. Mm. And I got locked up for like six hours. This is in Park City, actually, ironically. Yeah. I'd never been to Park City. So, um, and anyway, so I've already been um, not allowed in America for a couple of years. And it's like, it's a big risk, pretty, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's just not worth it. It's just like, fuck it. We're going to launch in America with this. Um, this big affiliate marketing group mm. called Ad Purple, and then get some runs on the board there. And then we're doing a deal with, um, we've got, anyways, we've got a bunch of shit in the works. So it's, um, it's all pretty interesting. I, I'm gonna, I'm really fucking interested in having our own flower brand and growing our own pot, like fucking commercially. Like, wow, that's like a childhood dream right that there. That is a dream. And um, we're gonna get to fuck with our own strains after a bit of time, hopefully. That's what I've been told, so. Bloody um, hell. So, you know, you know, I wanna do a strain called Yosemite Wham. Um, I haven't come up with the fucking, you know, maybe some sour diesel with, you know, crossed with something else or what was that? What was this? What's this one here? This, this is, is the that, Skittles. The Skittles is, the Skittles. is fucking pretty rad. Man. <clears throat> it's really good. Oh, is that like a, is that like a, a sativa or a, or like? I think it's more indica base. I think it's like a 70, 80%. Is That's this Skittles? That's look up, yeah. Um, yep, I yep. really fuck with Honestly, that the flavor of the Skittles is like, wow. Um, just a lot happening at once, more, isn't it? Yeah, it, the terpenes that it has is just so many fruity varieties. Yeah. And I get why they kind of reference it to Skittles. Yeah, 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 because it smells and tastes like Skittles. Pretty much. <laughs> totally. So yeah, we'll see what, what's going on with that. You know, um, the dispensary is doing well and we're pretty stoked on where that's going to go in the future and especially with the flower this flower brand and then i've actually got another I've, i want to do an edibles brand and call it fully lit and have it like yeah. as an australian themed um brand so i've got all those names registered so in america and worldwide so nobody will be fucking with that but um we started doing all the research and i, I had this pretty crazy idea to do some like pretty cool original shit. I'm not gonna say it because I haven't done it yet and I don't want anyone to steal my idea because it's pretty dope, in my opinion anyways. Um, and uh, so, you know, that'd be pretty interesting. But then now that apparently there's been like a, like a surge of fucking edible companies on the market in the last three or four months. Yeah, so yeah. I'm not on the, we're not on the ground in the dispensary. I call my friend almost probably once every two days. We talk quite a lot, right? Hmm. And he sends me the figures and shit because it's interesting for me, right? Yeah. Um, but like, we fucking got no idea here. It's right. fucking so right. backward. So then, um, so then also additionally to those, we got some Australian collaborations um, that we've been working on with the Craze Co. Um, we just did a Plastic Free July um, with the Ink Hunter, and we did a whole bunch of really big, um, like kind of murals with like paste up, um, like renditions of like fish and whales that kind of look like those little plastic soy sauce bottles similar to what we had for dinner tonight yeah with the and with the little you know and we put up 
you know, it's all to kind of stimulate, uh, all to kind of protest the use of like corporations using plastics in their manufacturings Sweet. and like for them to seek out different kinds of things. Yeah, and cool. I did that with Alec from the Craze Co and um, Patrick, AKA the Ink Hunter, who's a pretty <laughs> prominent Northern Beaches artist. He's definitely an artist. Yeah. So these Northern Beaches people, yeah. they're very refined. <laughs> quite pretentious. Uh, quite, no, he's not pretentious, he's cool. Yeah, they're yeah. a bit fucking, they're a bit, they're a bit wet around the ears, though. <laughs> but that's another fucking story. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw them under the bus. No, they, they're no, all right. I, I don't know this man. I easily people, anything. People are easily, you know, a lot of people are easily offended. That's quite right. That's you know, what right. a bunch of wussies. Hey, like, everybody. Stop being. I love you all. Little bitches. Stop being offended by shit. It yeah. doesn't matter. Well, you know, do what um, you but want. So, but. so, so we're um we're working on a we we just did that um today we did a um we painted a giant green screen in the middle of the city which the, that video should be coming out in the next week or two and Stick basically it. um it's like a public use green screen for um for creatives it's just we came up with this kind of random idea oh, um, yeah. and then also we just did a um we just did a bong collaboration with richie from 710 mm. um they're coming out i think you guys are doing one too they come in a yep. bunch of different sizes um the glass is thicker they've got the the shoddy little holder, the patented holder, which is just pretty sexy. Um, it's a good looking bong. color, it's a pretty good looking bong. It's like 50, 50 around 40 to 80 bucks for the like top end, cheap. really big yeah. ones. They're reasonably cheap. They're not amazing, like, but the quality that you get for what you get, yeah, you know, nice if you keep glass. it clean, you can have it for six months, eight months, a year, no problem at all, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a pretty good bong. Like, how often do you guys change your bongs up? Uh, you know, once every one or two years, yeah. I'm onto it. So, so you know, you guys check out the link in the bottom. That'll be the, to the collaboration. Okay. So that's the other thing that that I do on the other side, which <laughs> is probably my more of like in your face side of what I do, other than cannabis, is that I run ball on a budget, which is like your daily your daily dose of dopeness, and it's like cannabis culture, action sports, um, hot chicks little bit of technical music hip-hop then i got my podcast um willie's world willie's world and then uh Check do some out. vlogs and fucking just went to dubai that was pretty interesting Hell yeah. um but yeah the, i just did a podcast with the uh, former ufc champion jamie viner about two days ago we'll have in to the put morning. the link in and um i was pretty stoned and i fucking <laughs> what an interesting dude he was man amazing he fucking kicked the shit out of fucking Edson Barbosa and everyone said he wouldn't win and it was fucking interesting to talk to him about defending his strap yeah. losing his strap fucking getting like just fucking interesting like podcasts are interesting man They're I really real enjoy talking to you guys and just like chatting and talking shit man it's, it was awesome it's this a, has been great yeah anyways thanks for your time and Dude, um anything else you want to plug um just you know ch just fucking check us out on socials Willie's World Uncensored Born on a Budget Media and uh, the other project that is uh, dropping soon that I was just about to talk about is um, I have a company called Aphrodisiac Studios, Hell which yeah. I run with my friend Manny from Canelli Photography. Shout outs to Manny, best glamour photographer in Australia. And I used to run, co-run a men's magazine about 10 years ago called Apollo, hmm. kind of like GQ, FHM kind of shit. Hi. And, um, and then, so we're launching a high-end coffee table book featuring like all the hottest models in Australia, super classy, you know, a little bit of nudes. Sweet. Like still doing some, print. Like yeah, you can well, put it in front of your mother. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna, well, no, she might be a little bit offended, <laughs> but it's sexy. She can understand why it's like celebrates the female form. Yeah. It's gonna have a black cover. It's gonna be a heavy, oh, it's pretty tasteful. fucking steezy, bro. Yeah, man. Um, so I just got the, I just, I'm getting the samples, I think finally in the next week, hopefully. That'd be cool. And um, but I've been fucking telling everyone I'll do it a year ago, and I've been doing more shoots, and I just I fucking haven't got around to it. I fuck, you know, it's a thousand projects, dog with twenty dicks, you know. Yeah, man, always. And, um, you just you know we fucking constantly f making content and doing publicity stunts, Alec and I. You're always and in the mood. It's, it's just always just check it out on socials, Aphrodisiac Studios. Um, and then other than that, um, relaunching our online apparel site. Um, soon with Teespring, so it's, we're gonna have a shitload of merch, and um, you know the Bong collab with fucking Seven Ten, 
Um, we should do some kind of fucking weird con- fucking collaboration. Hell yeah. Um, we've got happen. this potential dope expo coming up in February Oy. with Kev Mack from Sexpo teaming up with the homie he's Jake from good. Glass Profits. I don't know Kev. I've, you know, I know he's really good at what he does. Mm. He did the Australian Tattoo Expo. And yep. what's the other one called? No, no, he does Sexpo. He bought Sexpo, but what's the, the other tattoo festival that's... Uh. Um, Jeez. Rites of Passage, it's called. Right. That's the original one he started, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jake's the homie. Um, dope's an interesting name. I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to see how the public digests it. But, you know, they're talking some pretty sick, sick stuff, potentially. Um, you know, having some big acts from America come out. And, you know, obviously I can't talk too much about it. But, you know, if it, if it happens, which it probably will, because those guys are really good at getting shit done. Yeah. But the only problem is Melbourne's in lockdown right now. Uh. And like, what else? What have you guys been doing during lockdown? I know you guys want to rap, but give us a little info on what you guys do on it. Has it affected your business? Oh, it honestly, did help us. To yeah, there, there was a bit of a weird shakeup because we moved out into an office just as it was really beginning to happen. So, kind of had to like shift how we worked. Began to do stuff more remotely, but we didn't really lose revenue. We kind of moved forward in the middle of COVID. So, how do you see the cannabis? culture in australia at the moment as a, like what's your state of the union address to the to the, the cannabis users of australia come on we're talking about oh, and you know i know so we were going deep but like we need to talk about this shit it's really important to discuss the way i see it right now there is massive divisions between the cannabis <laughs> communities right um you have your medical users on the legal side your illegal medical users you have your recreational users and then kind of things in between your casual users and things like that. And to me, there is an ego within people who are cannabis enthusiasts that I think are making cannabis look bad. We need to change it over. Um, so what I see is, you know, someone puts up a nug of something that maybe doesn't look the best and kind of like, no, that's fucking PGR, bro. The egos that are coming out of people that are in the community Right, everyone seems to think they're going a little better than someone else or like they've got the better idea of what to do. And I think that's what's causing division because that high ego makes people not want to connect with those people because of that. So you don't get this big following. There's not enough people working together as a whole. Everyone's kind of wanting too much credit on everything. Right, they want to be known so as the ones. It is evolving a lot, you know. In America, it's fucking so. That's why I've done everything in California because I'm more familiar with that. I've grown up spending a lot of my life in California. I have friends where I'm exposed to mostly for for my cannabis culture was in America, and I'd come back here and I didn't smoke with chop, right? And everybody would fucking think I was insane. And another time when I first met my business partner Corey, right, I'm with. We're at my friend's house in fucking Verbier in Switzerland. We were like, I was like probably like 18 or 19. And Corey was like 17. And we went to my friend's house. And my friend has dread, or at the time he had, his name's James Cameron. He used to do rodeos off like 40, 50 foot cliffs. Like fucking years before he fucking represented. Anyways, his father was the Lord of, Lord of Cornwell. He's like got a house in the Lord... House of Lords or whatever the fuck it is, right? Hey, yeah. And um, so we go to Jamie's house and Corey hasn't smoked in like a week. And we go into his house and I have a bong. And then Corey has a bong. Anyways, Corey had never smoked with tobacco. <laughs> so Corey has a fucking huge bong rip and pulls out and pukes on their floor, right? Whoa. And Corey yells at him like, what? he's a cocky little American kind. He's like, what the fuck? And they're like, what the fuck, man? And they're like, what the fuck? You sm- smoke with tobacco? And he's like, like, yeah, mate. And then he's like, what the fuck? Like he just did, couldn't even conceptualize yeah. smoking yeah. weed with fucking tobacco. Cause to him, it's like, it's just like fucking blasphemy, right? So these two fucking... There's a stalemate between these two dudes because he's just puked on his floor and he's like, why the fuck are you smoke Like, like he feels vindicated... Corey feels vindicated because he put spin in his tobacco... In his weed. It's like yeah. <laughs> sacrilegious to him. And fucking he just puked on the guy's floor. So he's like... But it all fucking... We, he cleaned it up and shit. But it was just like this this dramatization of like two different cultures meeting <laughs> because of skiing and then also on the added layer, which is cannabis. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And most of so my good. friends, you know, a lot of people, there's fucking famous stories of fucking... Fam- there's like one dude that was a famous... 
um, motocross rider back in the day, and I don't, I'm not going to mention his name, but he used to smoke like 15, 20 bongs bef- between each heat. Like, and he's like super, like this is like a, so it's like, bongs are around, bro. They've been around for years. They're not going to go My away dad's, either, man. Fuck, like, no, of course they're not. But it's like, you have to progress the culture. Nah, and yeah, then true. we need, you know, HHI, shout out to Michelle. She's g- g- gone above and beyond many times and facilitated our crazy zany ideas. She's yep. given us money. She's supported us. She's fucking lovely person. Her, her um, husband <coughs> and lovely daughter are so fucking accommodating and dope and they've always been so cool to us. Hmm. Um, they helped us get on the covers of magazines and anyway, Right. But um, but they're they're fucking awesome and they've done a good job. We had some massive activations planned for um, four twenty this year, in collusion with the cannabis expo, Alec and I from the Craze Co. Yeah. Um, we were gonna do some, we were gonna do some fucking really major shit that was would have been really fucking. We were gonna do a giant crop circle, which fucking Shepherd Ferry just ripped off. Well, I had that idea literally i don't know if i anyways we had all these fucking crazy ideas and we we built it all out and then covid fucked it all off and they cancelled the expo and and then you know this shit happens it's all good the world's but fuck this i don't know i think this virus is all fucking scam i'm with the fucking crazy motherfucking pete evans on that shit <laughs> fuck those motherfuckers <laughs> fuck bill gates fuck all those mother yeah that's all you believe in the conspiracy no it's not a conspiracy Real. bro it's the fucking the whole basis of everything is basically dividing the family unit and then taking control of the consciousness and we can't fucking if we're fight, if we're fighting about black lives matters and defund the police and all this other bullshit it's fucking it's like a play like they did with 911 they set up not like they anyways this, like obviously you know, I know what you mean in terms of shadow theory. Yeah, yeah, and it's all like that the, the, the greatest theory, the greatest thing the devil ever did was convince the world he wasn't real. I hear, I hear. It's but all about the fucking. Don't you reckon that some of this is like there's a lot of trauma in the world. The world's <laughs> fucked up, and in some ways, yeah, this stuff is coming up people because people aren't necessarily bad people. No, not by by no means, man. But I reckon that like we're all holding shit in our bodies and in our minds that. We're just, it's, it's suppressed, deeply suppressed. We're not acknowledging it, right? 100%. So we all when, need to when do DMT and fucking go do an ayahuasca trip. Let me put through. it this way. This Black happened. Lives Matter didn't exist a decade ago. None of these cultural issues existed Ooh. in the way that they currently do. So there's been this acceleration of cultural development. But that's because and of the internet. I do agree with that, but it's also that it's just human consciousness evolving. So this is the thing. We're getting to a point where the stuff that we're holding in I deep it's down, it's getting released. Documented. It is more documented, but this is the thing. 50 years ago, this was not conceivable. None of this was. Not even 10 years ago was any of this conceivable. We're completely accelerating. I think 10 years it was. I think that it started with... Um, what is meme culture, you have to man? understand... Yeah, but so you guys ago. don't understand, like... Oh, well, maybe you do, but I'm, I shouldn't assume that, but... American culture, right? Like, full-on, like... I grew up in the States, spent okay, a lot of my that. time in... And the first time that I remember this kind of culture was when OJ went to fucking jail, right? Uh-huh. And that whole fucking trial that made the Kardashian family and Johnny Cochran and blah, blah, blah. Very postmodern. And the glove and shit. Like, oh, dude, I was like fucking eight years old. And we stayed in America for, I think, like a month or six weeks or something. And it was on TV every day the whole time. (laughs) And it was like... Total coverage. It was just total coverage. It was like... Like 9-11. It was really interesting, you know? Um, And so that was where it all started. And then, obviously, the Rodney King stuff. Mm -hmm. Um... But like I, I'm all down for that shit. But like the the Black Lives Matter stuff, like they're fucking bur- burning their own fucking places down. But that's only what they 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 want you to think. Other fucking little foot soldiers come in and destabilize everything, just like they do in the Ukraine, just oh, yeah. like fucking Noam Chomsky talks about. In 1919, after World War One, America and England almost had a war over the Caspian Sea yeah, or reserves. Right in fucking Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. So it's all about oil and fucking who controls that. So geopolitics. Um yeah, totally geopolitics. I just went and stayed. I went I went and stayed in I went to Dubai with my girlfriend about <coughs> about three months ago, just like fe- late February. I think we flew back on the seventh of March. And I, my friend's a billionaire and his family, his father developed one of the um, biggest construction and mining companies in Turkey, they're like one of the top five richest families. I don't know oh, how rich they are, but they're oligarchs. pretty oligarchs. <laughs> and, and my friend is the funniest, fucking zaniest dude, and he, and he lives on the Palm Jumeirah, which is like the best palm. Uh, yes, in this guy. In um, I was telling you guys about this before. Well, you were, you were. In fucking in Dubai, 
And anyways, his next door neighbours, they were the fucking, the, the nephews, direct nephews, obviously that's what nephews is, not, not great nephew, like that's their fucking uncle, and was Saddam Hussein. And their, their father was the Prime Minister of Iraq. <laughs> Fuck what interesting removed, conversations yeah. I had. Yeah. So, so they got rid of Saddam because he was a CIA asset. Mm. And then as soon as you don't toe, toe the line, they fucking get rid of you. Certainly. And then Noam Chomsky talked about it in fucking... Um, uh, what Uncle Sam really wants yep. and um, other homie in um, Economic Hitman that was all about the fucking Pan-American Central America all those fucking you know Noriega and the Contra yep. and yep. fucking um, Hugo Suarez mm-hmm. is later in the fucking picture etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but the, the, the biggest fucking dude who almost fucking was an ace in the sleeve was Gaddafi yeah. And Gaddafi was going to start a, go- a um, the Bank of Africa, yeah. and he was going to call it. I think he was going to call it the gold dinar, mm-hmm. and it was going to be backed off a gold standard currency, which the U.S. dollar is not now. It's fiat. Yeah, 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 yeah right. And so he was going to start the Bank of um, Africa because he was a billionaire and he was using his money. And apparently, it was it wasn't it was um, what was uh, it wasn't Lebanon. It was um, what kind was it Libya? I think it was Libya. Yeah, it was Libya, right? It was always, always Libya. And, um, and so he, apparently there was a lot of, you know, the city, the country was doing reasonably well, talk right? Of chemical weapons. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Anyways, so that, that's why they invaded him because mm. he didn't, he, before there was only three places in the world that didn't have a World Bank or like a connection to the International Monetary Fund. There was mm. Iraq. Yep. There was Iran. Yep. There was Libya mm. and there was North Korea. Mm-hmm. Well, they got rid of Iraq. And obviously, that—that's the oil reserves in Kuwait, and Kuwait. They still want to go to war with Iran. Well, that's the. But the funny, the fucked up thing is in the what we were just talking about before, Hegelian dialectics. How is that? How you say it? Hegelian, yeah. Hegelian, Hegelian dialectics. My cousin fucking raves and raves and raves about this (laughs) shit, and I'm just like, and I did a lot of research into it. It's pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting. And um, fuck, sorry, pardon me. Um, so it's interesting to note that like before the 60s, um, you know, Iran had a reasonably educated population. By and then, right. By Western and, developed And then in the time. 60s, there was a Shah that got in or something like that, or the prime minister, yeah. and he jacked up all the fucking funding for, like, education and yada, yada, yada. Yep. Well, anyways, in one, like, generation, like 10 or 15 years, they were the most highly educated country on earth per capita right Mm. there was more doctors from there and and then they fucking the cia backed the ayatollah Mm. and he gets in destabilizes the country and then it's all a fucking ruse man they all played the game like a chessboard and it's so fucking obvious and then everybody calls out to fucking you know blasphemy when someone like pete evans or you know like all these influences oh my fucking god like why does this person have to be your reference of morality good point like really like develop your own perspective children right from wrong don't steal don't fuck your friend's girlfriend don't covet thy wife blah blah basic fucking shit that you should know well you shouldn't have to read it in a book no well fuck well that's you know that's just the basics of fucking humanity so that's with that we should really wrap it up yeah um we're at an hour 11 thanks for coming thanks for coming will yeah shout outs to you guys um and um catch up sometime soon sounds good all right peace Bye.